Sean Sewell here with the Engagement.com podcast. I have on the show for the third time now my friend Monkey Dan. Now, Monkey Dan is the co-founder of Monkey, M-O-N-K-I-I. Uh, it is a really cool fitness company. They make really cool fitness tools. And since last episode, Monkey Dan sent over a nice big box of gear that I have not used up until last week. Um, really excited to talk about on the show last time, the Monkey 360 and all the accessories for that, as well as the Isocore X. So, um, again, I'll have a link to their website, monkey.co. Worth checking out for sure, especially right now at home, people exercising at home. And in the episode, this is so funny. Dan and I start riffing right away, and I forgot to push record on the video and audio. Fortunately, he automatically pushed record, so that is what we're working with. So, Dan, thank you for that. Dan's got a, an awesome audio setup, too. So, he's a pleasure to listen to. He's a, a joy to talk with. He's a hoot to uh, riff with. You're going to have a great time and learn a lot of fun stuff here. We talk about um, minimalistic training at home, uh, egg timers, social media, uh, teepees, wood-burning stoves, Patagonia, ultralight gear, fitness, anywhere. Uh, it's fantastic. You're going to love this episode. And, of course, we're going to have another episode to catch up because after an hour and a half, I was like, I, I have to get back to <laughs> some stuff. and need to get back to some stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a very fun episode. And uh, a lot of fun takeaways, and we'll have as many links as possible in the show notes so you can uh, action on those items. Until next time, take care. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's snowing. Oh, I love it. I've already been out on three walks. I love it. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. Oh, your microphone sounds so good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Road. Shout out to Road. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. Which one is that? Do you, it's, uh, well, you have the roadcaster like dashboard. Yeah, I yeah. do. Um, show it to you real quick. Boom. Uh, <laughs> <there you> <laughs> yeah, so th there it is. Okay. Comes in handy. Yeah, this. I think this is just. What is it? The Sure. It's it's whatever came with it. The the it was the complete package. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds really good. Yeah. Really good. Hey, I want to ask you what uh, what's going on with Patagonia? I saw you post something. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so um, I have two contacts there at Patagonia. One is they work with the athletes. So they pitched me on interviewing Z, the you know really awesome backcountry skier, um, in an interview. Okay. And then the one um, every every fall or winter, I work with them to review their backcountry um, like clothing. Okay. Uh, and then so it'll be the I just did the Dos Parka, so I'll do a Dos Parka light, um, and then whatever their new up uphill ski splitboard touring kit is okay yeah good stuff heck yeah i know i wish we were the same size because i've got a lot of a lot of stuff i don't need <laughs> i'd be happy to give it to you <laughs> no i uh we just i've got uh an ample supply of rei gift cards so nice. yeah nice. I, I i still have well you saw it. i still have my dub suit that i think i got when i was like 16 my snowboard yeah. suit which uh, Man, it's, I love that. I just don't want to get rid of it because it works so well, but I, I there's got to be better stuff out there. So there is, I had a nice dub, um, outfit like you have a long time ago, probably 22 years ago. And, uh, it looked cool for sure. And you look good in it, but there's, there's more high grade stuff now. <laughs> are they, are they sleeping around? That I know of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, I used to get, when I lived in Montana, this was like, 2009 2010 i'd be going down and people would be like shouting out you know that was a decade ago and it was old so 
<laughs> I need to update. It's actually like disintegrating, like the neck collar. Like I'll have this like black mustache from the like the rubber or whatever. Yeah, that's no bueno. No, so gotta get you hooked up. Shout out Patagonia. Sure. I'll uh, apply those <laughs> gift cards properly. Right on, man. Right on. <laughs> well, uh, I'm super excited to chat with you today. Um, what would you like to cover? And have you pushed record already on your end? Yeah, I, I just start right away because I, it's just me personally, and I'm happy to do it either way, but the, I just, I like that natural flow is I feel like as soon as you go, for me, I feel like as soon as I get into that like mode, I just, my mind switches. So, um, well, I am recording. No, that's fantastic. I, I, my favorite part of the discussions are almost always before we push record right. and after push record. Cause that's when the real juice flows. Right. Well, it's like, think of if, you know, when we've been up slipboarding, if you just, if you could have like the headset and just uh-huh. record those conversations, they would be like the best podcast ever. Cause they're so fluid and natural. And it's this, it's this back and forth. I love that. You know, we're in our happy space. Yeah. We're working through like whatever, uh, opportunities we're thinking about. And like, and I, I've been bragging about you last week. Cause I got your care package right behind me oh, with your uh, 360 and the, the uh the gear center for the isocore x i brought it to our gym and teased everybody right after a group class and they're oh. like what is this <laughs> no this guy he's really badass <laughs> and, and then last night my wife was hosting an ugly sweater slash holiday cocktail party on zoom and uh it was all female and then i pop on like oh i've got this really cool guest tomorrow i'm gonna chat with monkey dan look him up on instagram he's got a 12 pack <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they all they all like went silent for two minutes as they're observing your. Uh, uh, I'm getting so. really good at Photoshop. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious, Dan. Well, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to taking this package over there this afternoon and uh, put some some clients through it with your Monkey 360. The that's a sweet setup, man. Thank you for sending it over. Yeah, for sure. Have you taken it for a test drive yet, or? No, I've only okay. unpacked it, like unboxed it. Okay. In front of the- to like gut reaction, I want to see how they reacted. Cool. And uh, so today will be my my first go at it. Cool. Do you have a go-to exercise or two or three that you recommend to go with? I think just the. Do you have the app? I will. I'll download after yeah, this podcast. Yeah, the, the app. Um, because I think I think with 360, it's like it's the training and the product are kind of perfectly synergized. Where you can't one without the other doesn't really work. So download the app and. I would say, gosh, I really like, they're all, they're all different. The hit section or the cardio section is more like high intensity. It's more like Tabata style. Core is more rep based. So it's a little slower pace. It's more rep based. And then hybrid is a combination. So you'll do like, you know, maybe 10 chops, rest for a little bit. And then you're doing 30 seconds of more of like a kind of like almost jumping rope combined with a medicine ball type of rotational exercise. So oh, I love- um, all the videos are there and you know, you'll, you know how to move. So it should be pretty intuitive for you. So I think hybrid's really good. The challenge, actually, there's a program called the 36 day challenge. Most of those workouts are really good. So I think if you just play around with the app, you'll, you'll find stuff. And then there's the exercise library as well, which has all the movements. So you can kind of just be like, scroll through and be like, Oh, these three look really cool. And you know, make a little triplet or something. So downloading yeah. it right now. Yeah, it's all there. So. That's yeah, we've, great. we've gotten, it's interesting. It's, we've gotten really good feedback on 360 mm-hmm. from people that backed it on Kickstarter, bought it, whatever, like people that are doing the workouts, they love it, you know, and I use it every day. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I love all our stuff, obviously, but 
it's been a challenge kind of communicating how fun and just unique the workouts are versus like, I think it's just because it's kind of a novel system. Like there's nothing really like it. Whereas, you know, monkey bars, pocket monkey, there's other things that people have seen and recognized. So, um, just been a challenge from like a sales marketing perspective, but you know, as a system, it's like, I, I, it's certainly the best feedback we've ever gotten. So I'm really stoked. I'm really, um, optimistic. It's just, how do we communicate to a larger audience? That's, that's such the challenge. So we're working on it. Well, let me help you with that. I would, I cannot wait. I'm going to shoot a video. My, my guy today, uh, he's Orthodox Jewish, modest Yahoo. Shout out to you, modest Yahoo. Uh, we're going to train outside in the snow, testing out some outdoor research gear. I know you get the nice. Oh yeah. Right. Shout out. OR. They make great stuff. Oh yeah. Man. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go test out some mountain hardware and outdoor research gear in the snow with your ISO core and the monkey 360, getting a transverse rotation in there. So totally we'll back out of it. Totally. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts as well on the ISO core X, how those grips, I'm just curious how, how that is a different stimulus on the shoulders and the arms versus more like, you know, a standard handle. Yeah. No, I think it's a fascinating topic. And I think last time I was hanging out with you in person from Monkey Headquarters, I was showing you the mace and you would like, well, I watched your yeah. like, off. So I think it's great having the distal weight, like you put the weight in the Monkey 360 and have that distal two, mm. three, four on top of the resistance band, which I think is fantastic. Plus it's compact um, as opposed to what I usually use for the training uh, for rotation. And then the Isocore, when I pulled it out, I'll take a picture and show you this uh, today. Next to where I, uh, the, the, the gymnasium outdoor setup we have, there are these grip balls and people will hang from them. And also we have like ice axe handles will hang oh, from yeah. those too. So the people I get to work with are all about varied grips because we're outdoors doing stuff, right? There's never a, a perfectly cylindrical handle on something, right? Right. That just doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. So everybody, everybody's really excited on the stuff you were sent over. Nice, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, it's always, it's, you know, it's good to get feedback that people that are kind of on that next level. So, um, yeah. Critical feedback is extra appreciated, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's super cool. Yeah. I'll have some feedback for you from, um, from us, Yahoo and my other people today. So I can't wait to have you at the gym and like, we should shoot some videos over there in the snow even better. Oh, hell yeah. That is so fun. Uh, yeah, you would dig it worth the trip. Are you, sure. do you use the, um, the maces quite a bit? Uh, personally I do. I've got, um, there's two right there. Okay. I tend and for anybody who's curious about mace, uh, definitely there is the right way to do it. Uh, don't just look at YouTube videos. Uh, basically, a mace is um, a weight, you know, 5 to 25 pounds. I wouldn't recommend going heavy. I'd go lighter. That's on a, a tube, and you can make your own. There's instructions you can use, um, like a broom handle and cement in a like a, a Home Depot bucket, basically, right? And get really creative or a flower pot. And uh, long story longer, it's just a weight. It's distal uh, away from you. And then you use it in smooth patterns, not, not aggressive, but smooth patterns. And it helps mobilize shoulders, which are a really key thing. I know Dan really appreciates mobilization of the shoulders. And they just look barbaric and badass, too. It's kind of fun to train with them. People, what are you doing? What is that? And um, so I always carry two in the truck. And then I have two at home. And they're, yeah, they're portable. They, they last forever. I, I've yet to break one. Um, and I think they're in stock of most places, which is good. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's been wild with, I've been trying to get, uh, a couple more kettlebells and it's like, they're, they're sold out everywhere all the time. It's amazing. 
I have the best news ever, Dan. I got an email from Rep Fitness here in, in Colorado. Yeah. In stock yesterday. I, I got it too, and I looked, and it, they were all sold out, it said. Oh, what? Yeah. What? Oh, um, that makes me very happy. Then. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. Actually, maybe we could check it out real quick. Yeah, because I, I, somebody said that too, and I went and checked, and I saw the weights I was suggesting, the 28, 32, and 36 kilos were in stock, but the lighter weight ones were not. Yeah, let's uh, confirm this, because I'll post this probably today, so if anyone happens to be looking for one. The bummer, man, with these guys is I loved going and doing the pickup, the local pickup, but... Um, I went there and picked up kettlebells a few months ago. Okay. We got 16 kilo in stock, 18 kilo, 20, 22, 24, 28, 32, 36, 40, 44, and 48 kilos. Oh, snap. Stock. Okay. Well, I retract my statement. I'm sorry, Rhett. Nope. <laughs> we don't want a 12 and 14 anyways. Yeah, right. Just get the weight. Yeah, I want to get like a 32. And I was thinking of going, what's the, um, is it 48? What's like 106? Uh-huh, uh-huh. The problem is like, that's almost body weight for me. <laughs> yeah, you're very muscular, but yeah, that's, that's your body weight, basically. Uh, I think the 32 would be fantastic for you for the two-handed swing. You, you would probably go right to the 48 for the two-handed swings. Who am I kidding? I would also, for you, I would get like a 22 or 24 for overhead presses and for one-arm swings and right. stuff. And sn- um, I think that'd be pretty good for you. Right. The 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 um, 24, I did snatches on Wednesday. I have no, I did quick in the dead this morning, actually. So Wednesday I did snatches. It's my forearms that pump out actually the most on those. It's my really? grip that usually fails first, which I wouldn't have expected. Um, although, you know, when I was climbing a lot more, I think that would have been a different situation. But, yeah, it's my grip that really gives out more than anything. But today I did one-arm swings and plyo push-ups and oh i wanted to ask you about this so i'll do i'll kind of alternate between knuckle push-ups where it's like trying to punch through the floor and then today i did essentially a plyo push-up where my hands are flat on the ground and i'm I'm pressing as hard as i can and just trying to get some air essentially is that is that the typical whoa is that the typical way to do it yes it is okay question I actually learned this when I was hanging out with Pavel at the last Strong First uh, Strong Endurance Seminar back in November. Um, and my friend Alexei did a great job demonstrating the exact program you're talking about. He used a 32 kilogram for the two-handed swing, and his form is phenomenal. So with the quick and the dead, it's not about, like, how heavy can you go? It's basically how safe and quick can you go, right? right. Quick and the dead. So for him, I know he could probably do a 48 or whatever heavier kettlebell for two and a swing, we did 32 to do it explosively. And then on the pushups, he actually started in the low position and then pressed. Right. And, and that's, again, it's counterintuitive to how a lot of people probably, myself included, learn things where you want to be slow on the eccentric. No, it's like skip the eccentric and just go bam, concentric. So yeah, you did it perfectly right. Nice. Yeah, I, I actually, I've been trying to do that first rep from the floor versus locked out, you know? Yeah, and I didn't know that, and I should have, I should have known that. But uh, yeah, good question. Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it, and I'll probably, I'll probably keep going till kind of just before Christmas, and then kind of move on. Maybe do some testing. I, I want, kind of want to see how it affects my deadlift. Oh, I'd love to find out. Yeah, there, Pavel talks about this quite a bit. The what the hell effect? Right, right. right. Yeah, book. Uh, I was chatting with Derek last night, Derek Toshner, and like, 
I forget what it was. He had not done maybe pull-ups for X amount of months, and they went to go do them, and he set a PR. Right. So, like, the carryover is awesome. So I'd love to find out what you, what you come away with this. Yeah, I have – I'm trying to think. I think I have maybe – like 295. I'm limited in a sense because I only have so much to load on the bar in my house, but it'll be interesting to see how that feels. I haven't been, you know, deadlifting heavy at all. Um, mm-hmm. I have been back squatting two or three times a week, but not super heavy. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's just it's like the more I talk to people, I, t- I had a really great podcast with a gentleman named Logan Schwartz on about a, it was a week ago, actually today he I actually first heard him on Brad's podcast primal endurance and then he was on primal blueprint as well oh, wow. but cool. he's one of those guys that like he's not a big social he's not actually on social media at all but just when you hear him talk you're like how have I not heard of this guy before so he just I mean it's like every other word is a knowledge bomb I need I was re-listening to our podcast today just to like kind of re-digest everything you know so um but what we talked about was kind of training sub-maximally. And I remember when I was doing a lot more Olympic lifting and training more for competitions, you know, most of the percentages I were, was working in was like 60 to 70. So relatively light, but especially for Olympic lifting and kettlebells as well. I don't, I think what a lot of folks don't understand is you're actually producing more force, those lighter loads due to the velocity. Yeah, that's a great point. I hope your audience appreciates what you just said too. It's a unique concept. So it's not like uh, lifting or grind, right? It's it's a ballistic. And right. in a ballistic, you're like you're. I, I don't want to misspeak, but there's like <laughs> G's of force being initiated, right? right. Velocity, right? Uh, so all you smart people out there will make more sense too. <laughs> well, I think it's the acceleration versus like the maintain. You know, that's that's where that spike comes from versus just like the maintaining. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's uh, it's just thinking about, and again, like I've referenced this a bunch of times, but listening to Pavel talk about kind of that Soviet training and how it's generally sub-maximal. That's where most of the volume is. I'm just, I'm really starting to like, the more I learn, the more I'm starting to just question, you know, my own preconceived biases and all these things. You know, it's like, I, I almost feel more confused now than ever, just, which is a good thing, I guess. So Oh, Dan, I'm glad you made that. I'm so with you on that. The first time I attended the this, the Strong Endurance, uh, which is a basis for Quick and Dead, I, I was like, table what you know at the door, right. go in here. And that night I, I was spinning in circles on like everything I know is wrong. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> not wrong, but like not as effective as it could have been. Sure, sure. I think with your, with your background and my background, it make made me and probably you as well appreciate this even more. Like, whoa we already were doing something very effective. Now we can do something even more efficient and safer and effective. Right. And it's ah, and the real world carryover is so great too. Uh, and it's so, so fun about a month ago when we hosted the strong endurance event, um, my colleagues who have a CrossFit background, we don't do CrossFit anymore for a lot of reasons, but CrossFit background, Olympic background, and they go in there and again, learning like stay out of the glycolytic zone and mm-hmm. like spend more time in aerobic or, and glycolytic and like they went immediately Monday morning, their whole whiteboard was revamped of how they do their, their one-on-ones and their group training. And like, I think we touched, touched on this last time is like people at first, like, what do we do with this space? This blank space is right. extra. You do a lot. You can, <laughs> you can have a little conversation. You can ask questions. You can 
go, you know, do a lot. You can put the kid, whatever. Um, yeah, recovery and rest is crucial. Oh yeah, I, I my uh, one little tactic I've been using is when I come home on uh, Mondays, my wife teaches a yoga class, so I'll set a watch. It's like you know, it's five minute timer. I've got everything loaded out in the garage. I've got playing with the kids, so it's like active movement, fun recovery. Timer hits off. Run out to the garage. Three to five reps takes you know 25 30 seconds back in or i'll bring bring the older one with me she works out while i work out as well so it's um awesome it's actually like it's to me this this concept i think it makes it easier to train throughout the day versus trying to get all your movement in in like an hour you know what i mean i am with you on that and i love that we talked about this a little bit i'll talk about this more I love like just going over there and grabbing, you know, the bulldog or the beast and just knocking out a few and then come back over here and get back right. to work. Right. Yeah. The accumulation of effort as opposed to, and there's nothing wrong. Trust me. I, I put food on a table by training people in 45 minute to hour long. increments. Right. A lot of people, that's how they think. And that's totally fine. Uh, so not dissing on that, but if you have the wherewithal or accessibility to do what Dan and I are doing, it's, it's effective. Right. Well, I think, yeah, I guess to be clear, I'm also, I also don't want to, to, um, say that those aren't worthwhile doing cause they, they definitely are, but I think it's just the approach and philosophy between each. I, the difference I'd say is like, I know a lot of people, especially when I was coaching CrossFit, like they were trying, they were just destroying themselves in these classes cause they, they almost felt guilty for, you know, sitting at their desk all day versus, you know, trying to improve mobility, get strong, you know, it was almost like punishment in a way, which I think there's actually quite a bit of that in, in fitness. Oh, I would agree. And yeah. you, you're a professional fitness pro as well. And you've, you've coached these classes and these people and they come to us for this service and expect this. And I, I really hope people question their why yeah. of why they want it in the first place, if that's what they want. Right. right. And I, I think we touched on this last time. I think, uh, the Brett Jones quote, one time fitness comes before health is in the dictionary. <laughs> Right, right. Man, that's a good one. When, you should get Brett Jones on your show. You would love him. He's the best. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I look at, like, you know, your guest list. I look at Brad's show. I look at, you know, Rogan, whoever. And it's like I don't want to have the same conversations. But when I listen, like, for example, when you talk to, um, um, oh, man, I'm blanking again. Um, Strong First. Um, uh, Matthew Flaherty. Jeff Sokol. Uh, he, he did, he wrote the hit versus hurt article. Oh, Craig Marker, Craig Marker, Craig, Craig Marker. He's you know, it, it's like when I'm listening to you guys talk, there's like all these other questions I want to ask. So, um, that's one, oh. that's one tactic I do do just from like a, a thought process. Oh, I, I love it. I would love to hear your conversations. I'm sure you're going to have more than one with him. I'll link you guys up after the show. That'd be great. He is a lot of fun to talk with. And he, he can talk to you about the exposure therapy, uh, sauna, infrared, breathing, uh, telomeres, all the stuff that you probably were like, what the fuck? Telomeres? Look, we can lengthen those? Right. Yeah. The man for that. Right. Do you do, He's, do you do any like cold exposure or sauna type stuff personally? I wish we had a sauna. That'd be so awesome. Um, but, uh, my cold exposure is, uh, I go out like four or five in the morning and walk the dogs and right. spend time and spend, you know, spend time with you in the snow. Right. Winter, try and camp. I was very fortunate up until this year, probably winter camping at least twice a week. Oh, now wow. it's maybe twice a month. Um, but yeah, sleeping in 10 degree weather 
It's, it's not deadly. It's it. It actually feels really good, and I, I feel like it recharges me for the rest of the week. Right. And it sounds horrible to some people listening. Right. <laughs> but you get yeah. the right gear. Okay. I thought about that, like with the cold and heat and stuff. It's like I I get like the ice. I don't think there's anything wrong with cold showers, ice baths. But I when I was just thinking about it, like, gosh, like if I'm climbing Long's Peak in winter, like I'm that, that's the same thing essentially. You know, I'm wearing clothes because it's dangerous not to but i think if you just spend a lot of time outside like like you just described you're gonna get more or less the same effect i would think so if i had a way to measure it and quantify i would and maybe we could uh for example last wednesday i went out for my first split boarding tour in nine months dan i can't believe it's been oh, nine months. But, uh i'm sure it's been longer for some other people but that's a long time for me I enjoyed it so much, and I didn't realize uh, everybody's like, it's really cold. I'm like, what are you talking about? And look at the moment, it's one. One degree Fahrenheit. <laughs> I was like, eh, state of mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially here, it's, uh, I've noticed like, you know, I can be in just like a thin base layer when it's like 10 degrees and there's no wind. Especially right. that it's just so dry here. That is that is a, definitely an asset we have. It Humidity is, is hard with. an asset. <laughs> Sticks to your bones. Oh, but yeah. dry I, I, if the sun's out, I, I don't think, I think 40 feels like 70 when the sun's out. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're lucky here, man. It's just so, it's so easy to get out all year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that more. Like I like, I think the ice baths are cool. I think cold showers are cool. I do them personally, but I just wonder if, you know, you could kind of get a double benefit by, you know, taking your dog for a walk early in the morning. You're walking and you're getting that, I like to call it environmental conditioning. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but just kind of like, instead of everything being segmented, there's a lot of ways you can kind of hybridize these different modalities, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. And, and to your point, um, that post you read uh, on Facebook yesterday, I, I put up, I, it was like nine o'clock at night and it was, it was snowing. And right. I was like, oh my. So I just, I was in the snow for an hour, just replying to everybody. <laughs> so I was like, Where, why don't you come to bed? I'm like, it's snowing. Right. Right. <laughs> and I'm chatting with friends online and it's, this is rewarding. Totally. Actually, yeah. what I've been doing, this is a great functional workout. There's some Christmas lights, like maybe a quarter mile, half mile from our place. They did a really good job. Town of Superior. Nice work. Um, and I'll take my daughter, but I'll just wear shorts and a t-shirt and she's all bundled up, but I'll carry her. So it's like, you know, l- load carrying and then little, little cold, little walking. It's so awesome, man. Just all the, like the more I think about it, and this is what Logan and I talked about a lot, actually, on this last Friday. But it's creating an environment and mindset where you just you're essentially just all day long aggregating all these little bouts of movement. And then, you know, when you're training, you're doing more of a focused session with a particular goal, get stronger, get faster, maybe increase, you know, your anaerobic capacity, whatever it is, their focus, there's a, there's a why to it. And then beyond that, it's just how much can you move? That's, that's really the answer, but it's, it's like, it's also quite difficult. <laughs> Easier said than done. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Like, and kind of the conclusion I'm starting to come to is it's really all about your environment. Like, you know, looking at your background, it's like, well, you take two steps, you're swinging, you're doing whatever. Yeah. Brad Kearns pointed out, I was like, and shout out to Brad. You did a great job with the interview with Brad. Thanks. What a fun guy too, huh? Yeah. He's, he, uh, man, shout out Brad. 
that macadamia nut butter. Have you tried that? I went through two jars in the week. Yeah, I, it's so good, man. Nice mm. work, Brad. Super yeah, good. It's on his website, bradkerns.com. He said he mentioned he was trying to get on Amazon. There were some packaging issues, but it it's so good. It's just so. And he's such a fun guy. His copywriting skills are amazing. Yeah. And he's very he's very energetic and he's very engaging. But if you've been like looking at his labels, like you do a really good job with this, of like wordplay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it like because um, it comes in a glass container currently and sometimes the oil comes out of the glass container. That's just part of it. He's like, if it comes out, that's just extra bonus on the outside, you know? Like, right, right. Sell it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was like reward, um, re- reward winning formula. Yeah. You know, there's like, just all these little funny things. Yeah, that very good wordplay. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good at that. I just, his blog he doesn't promote that enough in my opinion. Like you kind of got to dig to find it on his page. There's really yeah. good stuff on there. There is. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I, I had heard him on the strong first podcast. Craig Marker hosted that. And okay. I was like, this guy, we need more of this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and speaking of the exposure we were talking about earlier, Craig does a great job of explaining like he, he's in Atlanta. So hot and humid, right? Okay. So he ghetto sauna, like he'll close up the windows and not turn on the AC. He's like free sauna. Nice. <laughs> Driving. Totally. So, yeah. Oh, in his car. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I was doing that actually in the summer. It really, it's great. <laughs> Why not? You're already in there. You're like might as well get some exposure right. therapy. Right. That's yeah. what, man, I, I really started to just hate driving for like, especially like commuting. I, I'm fortunate. I live like a mile from my little office here so I can walk, ride my bike. No, no problem. Although I did actually drive today, full disclosure, but it's um, kind of, yeah, I just, I just got soft, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, it's like back to that environment. Like it's so easy to not do anything all day long, but you can also make these simple changes. And I, a lot of it's mindset as well, but it's like, how do you communicate that? And then it's like, it's one thing to kind of communicate these principles and, philosophies and all that. But, you know, I think having like directed, like how do you program micro workouts all day? That that's kind of hard in a way, you know, mm-hmm. I've got my hourglasses back there, but yeah, that was a great advice. And I like the analog too. No digital, no blue light going on. It's just a nice, like, you know, you're doing this so often. It's like something that's not a ding or a buzz is there's, it's something very refreshing about it. Oh Yeah. And I think more people now than ever are need a social media detox. Like I budget half an hour a day and that's between an 11,000 person backcountry ski and snowboard Facebook group, which is his own full-time job. And then the different brands I help run, but you know, as a business, it's important to be on there and you're really good at this, but like it can suck you in. And it's nice to not have the notification and the egg timer you have right there. Just bloop. Right. Yeah. Actually, that was a question I had written down here. How, so that you kind of budget like a half hour a day for. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely helped me a lot because there is, there's plenty of times I've been guilty of going full bore into social media and these go down a rabbit hole. Right. Right. Uh, and I don't know that it really does any benefit to a lot of people like going there with the mission. I'll have to reply to either questions I'm tagged in or luckily there's five of us total to help admin that Colorado backcountry ski group. Mm-hmm. You get 11,000 people 
there's a lot of different varieties I see in the world and it <laughs> doesn't always go well. Sure. So, um, but the, the, also the benefit is you have 11,000 people that don't see the world the same way that offer information mm-hmm. that they can assimilate and use and share. So it's a cash 22. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I do enjoy cause there's a lot of people. It's like, you, you know, I have these relationships. I've never, we're never met in person, never spoken, but it's like, you're going back and forth and messing around. Like there's this fun and friendship side to it, which I really enjoy. But then when it comes to like, I don't know, you're, it just, there's something about it when you spend too much time, it like, it makes me feel bad about myself basically. You know, that's mainly from scrolling through feeds. I think, I think the interaction and kind of just, you know, Brad, Brad talks about this really well. He just kind of posts and ghosts, right? Yeah. And that's not selfish. That is smart. Well, I guess it's kind of taking care of yourself, right? right Otherwise, yeah. and when I go in there, I post and I try and check out either friends and family or apply to comments. Right. And then because otherwise it doesn't suck. Right. Uh, Wednesday night, my wife went to go visit her mother and I had, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to stay home and watch Cody Town since the 50. I got my snowboard boots on. I got my bibs on. Got a beer. I'm like, this is great. Next thing I know, I spent three hours watching TED Talks. I started with one. <laughs> It was like, there went the night, uh, which I, there's worse ways to spend time than watching dead talks. But. Yeah. So that's actually, you know, that could be actually, you could learn quite a bit, but oh, it's fascinating. So one of my friends or a new friend through Facebook, like you mentioned, okay. that country snowboarding. So, uh, communicating back with forth with him via email in his signature, he had a Ted talk for his wife is on forgiveness. And so I checked it out. I'm like, wow, that is really eye opening. And then the next one was Dolph Lundgren, you know, Dolph from like Rocky Four, the big guy, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you know he went to MIT? He's a chemical engineer. Really? Okay. But, you know, that didn't pay the bills, but acting did. Sure, so, sure. Uh, he talked about forgiveness. Um, and next thing you know, it's, you know, watch like 20 of them. Right. But one, one thing I want to ask you about, you mentioned briefly, was you kind of, you divide your day into these phases. It was like yeah. four. What? How do? You, what is that? Is that the same every day, or does it kind of vary? Or what's? What do those look like usually? Thanks for asking. That's a great question. It has changed during COVID a lot mm-hmm. because closed or the first two were closed. So it used to be four or four thirty, and then I would start training from five thirty to eight or nine, and then I would go to the mountains almost directly from the gym. Uh, either grab the dogs or not grab the dogs. Go test gear for like Patagonia out to research North Face. Come back, train, and then in the after afternoon, evening, uh, right. So yeah, basically a four part day. Now I found myself in a, a unique situation for the first time in like 15 years where I don't have to be somewhere at 5 AM. So I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I'm taking a, a lot of courses. Um, flexible steel has courses, TRX, um, uh, YouTube, like learning SEO for YouTube, creating, um, animated logos and stuff. Right. So my time now to invest in myself cool. in learning new trades cool cool yeah, yeah i keep I, I keep noticing your effects they're getting better thank you it's fun uh it's most of it's plug and play and like if it looks all right then i'll put it up but um yeah that was that was a fun webinar again if my wife leaves i'm like i'm gonna do something really nerdy she'll go right. visit her family i'm like i'm gonna go you know take a webinar in from the uk on how to make a anime logos because why not that's <laughs> right and i don't do much else but um, yeah, it's been fun, and I've been able to create logos for a lot of my friends' companies, and uh, made one for Brett Jones for his birthday, and made some for my friends' businesses. It's it's just fun. Nice. It, yeah. So are Something you still getting up in the mountains every day then? 
Uh, not as much. No, okay. I've been trying to budget my time. Um, I, I used to get up two or three days a week. Okay. Like year round. Now it's probably one, maybe two days a week. Okay. Uh, one right now. Also, prior to this fall, we had these horrible forest fires we talked about earlier. Mm, so mm-hmm. you and I would probably go. We're off limits, and the air quality was horrible. Right. Right. So it was, I couldn't go up there to go camp or go hike. And if he did, it, you know, air quality is triple digits. It's nasty. So um, not as much as previous years. And then now, uh, up until today, because it is snowing, we really have had a lackluster snow season. Like really yeah. sub Uh So I'm not looking to hit any land sharks and go flying, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but good news from our friend Joel over at Open Snow. We have, I believe, four storms on the way. One right now. Okay. Yeah, we'll be getting up there more, and I'd love to link up with you up there. Okay, nice. Yeah, I got. I need to. I have. My plan was actually to just totally get a whole new setup, but I need to look at like what I actually what what's actually most conducive to the style I do and all that. So that's something we could talk about probably. Oh, let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Last time I saw you, you had a K two panoramic or was it an yeah, ultra tree? it was a panoramic yeah i had that board before it's a good board and it comes with those um pomoka skins that are pre-cut it's really easy to use i, I wish there's more setups like that currently available to get people into split boarding um yeah, yeah the package was I, nice i to me it was heavy and it was kind of like a cadillac versus a sports car you know what I mean? Like it was great on open train where you could take big, slow turns, but like tighter technical stuff, it was, it took work, you know? Have you ever ridden a rocker board? Oh yeah. Yeah. So rocker boards, they, they initiate turns way easier, right? Oh yeah. Just right around the tree, you know, and, but they, they toured like crap. Some people will say, I say it's more technique based. Okay. <laughs> but, um, it's always a give and take. My favorite shape, and uh, plug out to Never Summer because I love working with them, and they're just down the street from us. They're on okay. Colorado, and they're handmade, three-year warranty. And um, I've been able to help, like, add some notes to two split boards in the last two seasons. And they have a mixture of rocker and camber. Mm. Your foot is basically flat, so you make the most amount of contact and get better, uh, I don't want to say traction, but traction underfoot up the mountain. Sure, sure. Never Summer. Ripsaw Rocker Profile, I think is a good one. Okay. Or the Fusion. Yeah, those are fantastic. And I can set you up with uh, either a demo or a discount with those guys. Cool. I think I, I rode one of their um, powder boards. It was not a split board. This was a, we, had, we did a cat day a couple years ago up at Ski Cooper, which was rad. Highly Ooh, yeah. recommend. It was yeah. so much fun. Um, Bluebird Day, just, oh man, no wind, beautiful snow. It was awesome. But uh, I rode that thing that it was a Never Summer board and like, Coming out of the turns, I'd almost like jump. Like I'd get air. It was like, it felt like surfing. Yeah. I mean, it was the most fun ride I've ever had. Was it pointy? But like a fish? It was a fishtail, yeah. Uh huh. That was the Swift. Yeah. It was, oh man. My favorite board by them. I I literally have like two or three of those Swifts. It's (laughs) so good. In my, my wife's board, it's, she had a board from like high school. And I'm like, listen, like, I upgraded mine a decade ago and it, it was a huge difference. I can't even imagine what it's like now. So much better. And the connection's better. Yeah. Um, you know, Eric Warren has sparked a great job. Phantom is a local company. Okay. Uh, aeronautical engineer, rocket scientist. And uh, they do a great job and they make hard boot setups. Mm. That's the category. 
I know you have soft boots. I have soft boots. I have really stiff. Actually, right there, I have the new version of the Jeremy Jones MTBs just out of frame. Oh, nice. Okay. And they're like the stiffest soft boot and the crampon compatible or something auto crampon compatible. Okay. I don't use crampons. I'm not that guy. Sure, I'm sure. like, you know, my style. I'm like mild salsa. Just goes with everything. Right. <laughs> But those are fun. Like, you know, that when it gets too steep and technical, it's not that I don't enjoy that, but it's, it's a, it's a different type of fun. It feels good once you're, you know, looking back at it. Right. Yeah. Some people call like what type two fun. Right. Exactly. Type two fun. Type two fun. I have enough types two stuff in my life. I like the type one fun. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, So uh, binding wise, what do you, you have spark burner bindings, Uh, I believe. I, well, I had a pair of missions, uh, they're Burton's, but, um, you know, again, my stuff's so old and just, it was, I'd never invested in a really nice setup. So, you know, I, and I just, it's not something I've really educated myself on. So I just don't know specifically on the split scene, like what, what's the most high. And I noticed like what I had, it was, it was, the connection was loose. Like everything felt like a turn felt delayed, you know? That can be really dangerous. Uh, right behind me is a Spark R&D. Um, this is their Pro Surge. And uh, they're really simple. They're carbon graphite highbacks. They're made in Montana. Oh, nice. Okay. Wind-powered, I think, this year, wind-powered facility. And uh, I work with them uh, for the last four or five years, do reviews for them. This year, they asked me to do a fitness video. So I got to do a fitness video uh, at Jones Pass. Oh, cool. And, uh, and then they, they integrated with uh, their two uh, two of their sponsored um, snowboard or splitboard athletes. I think one won an Olympic gold to female. Oh, wow. And there's, like, what am I doing in this? I <laughs> don't belong here. But uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of them. And then Kara Corman is the other big player. They're up in Washington State and they're handmade. And uh, a fun episode, I had Russell Cunningham on back in March. And he's a fun guy to talk with, especially about health of all things. Of course, splitboarding sure. become the director or the Sultan of Stoke. But we talk about Grayland and leptin and uh, epidemiology and like, Hormones, he's a fun guy. Oh, he would absolutely. Like Real Whoop. cool. And can they make really good bindings? Um, and I, I, I actually use those probably more often just because it's a kind of pain in the butt to take off a complete binding system. Spark is one way, and then Caracorm is another way, and then Phantom is another way. Sure. So that's like universal. Sure, sure. But yeah, um, gosh, I wonder if they're even in stock. This year has been the most sales for like backcountry gear. Crazy. Everybody wants to get out there. Right. Yeah, I'm, that is one thing I, I was actually just thinking about that yesterday. I wonder, I just, I wonder how that's going to be with like Avalanche and just, it's kind of an unknown entity having just this exponential growth in the backcountry. Absolutely. Not that there's you know, not enough room, but it's just the, there's, there's so many variables, you know. There is. And, you know, with resorts having limited capacity, a lot more people are really curious, like, oh, I watched a Travis Rice movie. How hard could it be? Or I watched a Jeremy Jones. I just walk up the mountain and do backflip off, off a cliff. Right. That'll work out great for everybody. No, it does not work that way. So um, I'll do a plug here real quick for the Backcountry Beacon Bash. My friends, Will Coleman and Wade Lancaster, myself, this is our third year doing it. And literally over at a, at a frame, I have boxes of gear people can win. Uh, Beacon Shovel Probe from Black Diamond, the most current one. Snowboard from Weston. Um, the most important thing, I think, two airy companion rescue classes from Justin Ibarra. So that's like the basic education you need to how to use a beacon. How do you find that person? How do you dig 
Uh, and then so how people can win this gear for free. We're not asking for donations. The last two years, we raised a few thousand dollars each year for CAIC, which is Colorado Avalanche Information Center. This year, we're not asking for any money. We just want people to practice. So if they submit a video of them practicing using a beacon or showing us what's in their backpack. We went to Bentgate and like uh, hang out with the manager, like what's in your backpack for backcountry skiing? And he shows what's in his kit. I show what's in my kit. And then if you make a video of you doing that, you have a chance to win this gear. And our, our goal is one, we want to get people practicing and getting curious by education. And then three, we want to incentivize them by giving them some really, really cool gear. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, so well, yeah, you can enter that and you can win. Another. Right. Yeah. Okay. Heard. Or whatever you want. I remember doing the avalanche course I did up in Montana. So it's a very different snowpack, but You're continental, just, right? what's that? Continental snowpack. Uh, so I was up in whitefish so it's more of a maritime so it was a much it was a more moist snowpack up there it's a little lower altitude too i think the top of the mountain was maybe seven thousand ish feet yeah yeah so i think bozeman gets more of a continental but um yeah i just i remember it was like it was always moderate kind of no matter what you know even when it was good it was moderate Uh uh-huh and I always had, whenever I was dropping in on something, I always had this feeling of like uncertainty, you know, it's like, it's not that we didn't, you know, try and mitigate risk as much as possible, but it just, there's, there's, it's not like a binary thing. It was always gray area. It's just, you know, is it a darker gray or a lighter gray? You know, a good way of putting it Dan. And, um, to clarify for anybody who's listening or watching, there's maritime, which is like more moisture. So the snow's more wet, like mashed potatoes, intercontinental. Mm-hmm. And then there's continental, which what we have here in Colorado. And by many people's standards, Colorado has the most dangerous snowpack in the lower 48. It's just, it's nuts. It's great snow. It's when it's great, it's great. It's puffy, dry powder, right? Right. But, uh, the There's not just one kind of snow either. It, it has to work together in a, in a really, I don't say a perfect storm, but in a very cohesive way before you can safely enjoy it. Right. Otherwise, just a lot of mitigating, a lot of risk. Right. Um, and and what, what the course that Dan is talking about, ARI, American Institute of Avalanche Research and Education, there's a level one, a level two, and then in the middle or before level one, depending on how you want to view it, is the companion rescue. And in the level one, they're going to teach you that everything's going to kill you. <laughs> so watch out for everything. And level two, you're going to learn like meteorology and uh, a much, much more nerdy, detailed and more time consuming class. With the companion rescue, I'm not too sure if you've taken that one, but basically, you know, in level one where they have the rescue scenarios, it's basically the full time you're just doing that. Mm. And a good instructor will put you through pretty much hell. Like we did it on Hoosier Pass and it was the sun's going down and they're like, we got a three person burial, only two have beacons and they did not break character for anything. We had to make a uh, litter or, you know, a kit to carry right. them out on. Right. We're all like numb and demoralized. And they weren't, they weren't breaking character for anything. Like you had to extricate them back to the vehicles and yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> they made us dig into a snow plow area where like where they push the snow because that's kind of that's a really good takeaway. You guys can do this at home with your shovel is dig in that horrible, hard, crunchy, icy snow because when hopefully never had to encounter this, but if a person is buried or what have you, that snow is not gonna be nice and fluffy. It's oh, gonna yeah. be mess. There's and, this uh, there's this scene from I think it's Maru where Jimmy Chin 
got slid on. Yeah. And just seeing that debris feels like, man. Oh, surreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been in the backcountry for, I think it's been two years now. I did, I think I might have told you this, but last year I was in Big Sky and just got, it snowed 13 inches overnight. And we got, we were, we got fresh tracks up on Lone Peak. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh man, that felt good. <laughs> That's where it's at. Yeah. It's like those one, like that one day like that, that one run just, it makes it like a whole season or three seasons worth it, you know? Yeah, it's true. I'm glad you appreciate that. I know a lot of people are like looking for vert and how many runs did he get in? Not, not in my world, man. Not right. in your world. It's like the quality right. <laughs> and the experience. Right. I, I used to do a tour out of uh, just south of Rocky Mountain National Park. I really liked it was like four or 5,000 feet. You summited a peak, you drop like a maybe 1,000, 1,500 feet, and then I'd have to traverse. And then it was kind of a gully, consistently narrowing gully out. But that was just, such, and you could do it before lunch almost. You know, it was maybe a four to six hour round trip, depending on how fast you wanted to go. Good day. I like that kind oh, of day. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. The top, the top 1,000 feet, it was. It was a kind of like an east, slightly southeast facing slope, but this ridge was just wind scoured. And if you kind of hug, if you kind of stayed right next to that ridge, it was like that packed styrofoam snow. What's that called yeah. again? Strategy? Um, Strategy? Something. Where's that word? There's yeah, a name for it. It's like, it's like packed foam. Yeah. Super fast, but you can still dig into it. So I would just kind of hug that and then... Um, traverse out and then the rest of the way was pretty anchored and pretty safe but that if it was like the farther left you went on that initial thousand feet it was just darker steeper slidier you know just felt yeah. evil felt evil <laughs> wasn't the dragon tail cooler was there it wasn't i've never done i've never done that i've been up in that area climbing but i haven't yeah. i haven't i'm trying to think in rocky I've done longs in winter but i haven't done any um backcountry out there like i'd love to get out to hidden valley or Oh, hidden guy is a great gem. Yeah, I did my level, and that was a lot okay. of fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of operations here in Colorado will do their area classes out of Rocky Mountain National Park, and that's usually the the Hidden Valley. And then level two, we went over to Dream Lake, Emerald Lake area, mm. and um, yeah, that was fun. Okay, man, the people in level two classes, I I won one. I won it through um, friends of CAIC, and um. Again, it's one of those times where I'm like, what am I doing with these people? These are all professional guides from Alaska and Japan. And, you know, then there's this me eating like smoked salmon and like losing my mind. Like, what is going on around here? <laughs> and uh, one of the guys trapped bears for a living up in like the Yukon. Oh, wild. Like, <laughs> yeah. So hard. Oh, yeah. My partner was a, a Navy SEAL. Oh, Chip. cool. Okay. I was, it was a great time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what smoked salmon did you have? Uh, honey smoked. Was the Patagonia? Always. I always have a pocket of salmon. I got my beacon pocket. (laughs) Is it the Patagonia salmon? I have that in the cupboard. That is for rare occasions. That stuff's legit, man. Oh, good. My favorite Patagonia provisions, and uh, I've gone through like dozens of these, is the smoked clams or smoked Mm, mussels. Okay. I think it's mussels. Yeah, mussels. They're so good. Okay. I haven't tried those. I was really impressed by the salmon. Really impressed. 
yeah, the Patagonian provisions, I don't know if anybody knows or knows about that yet, but it's really high quality, very, very environmentally friendly. They, they brought back a grain. Um, was it Kemut with a K? Mm, mm-hmm. So it was very quick growing, uh, very nutritious. Uh, all the meat is really high quality, sustainably caught fish, sustainably, you know, harvested mussels and all the things. It's good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Have you checked out Wild Idea Buffalo? Not yet. You get, dude, there, there's a, Yvonne Chouinard and the guy, Dan O'Brien, who's founded Wild Idea. There's a few podcasts with them. Uh, Wild Idea provides, I don't know if it's all, but they definitely provide the jerky for their buffalo jerky, or okay. at least did at one point. But they're out in South Dakota. And essentially, they're essentially wild buffalo. They have a huge, they're, you know, it's tens of thousands of acres. So they're not, it's, you know, they're not totally rewilded in the sense, you know, they can't just roam the Great Plains at will, but it's a really big area and they do field harvesting. So they don't, they never take them to a slaughterhouse. So essentially they drive out with a sharpshooter, you know, one well-placed shot, not animal doesn't even know what happened. And they, they process everything out in the field. They have like essentially like a semi truck that's cooled and refrigerated. So they'll do all the processing out in the field and, um, they ship. I, I order stuff from them all the time. It's great. It's um. It definitely has more of like that wild meat character versus you know. I think a lot of buffalo bison that you see in stores. It's you know it's pasture raised, but then it's typically finished on grain, and typically finished in a well slaughtered at a slot more of like an industrial slaughterhouse. So I just I, I kind of dove deep down that rabbit hole um, right after my second daughter was born. Cause you know, you're holding the bottle for hours a day, going through a lot of podcasts and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's a really cool one. I just like the people. They're just good people. And just the whole philosophy behind it, the regenerative agriculture, you know, bison are a native species to the great plains here. So I just, I like that. I like the, just the whole kind of holistic process, you know, it's, it's a five hour drive from where I am to their ranch. So it's not, it's not, you know, Uber local, but it's, you know, you could drive there and back in a day. That's pretty local. So yeah, definitely we're checking out. I have a deep freezer for this very reason. Right. Like you're, you're a bow hunter, you're a hunter. Anybody I train that's a, a bow hunter and if they're successful, my freezer is probably a quarter full from, Oh, okay. All right. All right. I would love to restock with this. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's, I just, again, it's like you can taste, it tastes different. It it almost has like this, like sweetness to it. Wow. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's very lean. It's not, it's not super fatty, which there there is some nuance to cooking it, but man, it's, um, the ground, the ground bison is awesome. I really enjoy the hanger steaks as well, which I didn't know the hanger steak was the diaphragm. I didn't know that. I, cool. I didn't know that either. It was just good. And then I, I asked the butcher one day, like, what cut is this? Cause it's, it kind of, it's unusual. Like you can't kind of, it's hard to kind of pin where that came from. He's like, Oh, it's actually the diaphragm. So. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's, it's almost organ meat. Yeah. Speaking of organ meat, have you had any organ meat recently? You know, I, uh, we buy pate pretty oh, regularly. Sure. Um, it's usually chicken liver, and maybe some duck liver. Um, and I have a, I have a deer liver in my freezer. I need to, I have uh, Steven Ranella's the meat eater cookbook. So there's a, I think it's a moose recipe I want to try out. 
But and I also have a huge thing of bones. I want to make bone, elk bone broth with. Oh, next but I need level. to get the like five gallon, you know, pot to boil it all up in. That is awesome, Dan. Um, quick tip for anybody listening and watching this: on game meat, it's easy to overcook, right? Because it's yeah. so lean. Yeah. I always cook my meat based on like time or like using your hand kind of thing. Don't do that with game meat. Get a thermometer. Right. <laughs> don't ruin that meat. No, 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 no. I also, I got, um, I have a green mountain grill. It's the wood pellet. Oh yeah. Which I love. I love cooking on that thing. Just, it gives it that light. Well, you can smoke meat on it as well, but it, when you just straight up kind of grill it, it gives it just that real light smokiness to it. And, um, it's got a built in meat thermometer as well, which makes everything very easy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And this one actually was pretty affordable. I got, I think I got the Davy Crockett version. It's, it's small. I think it was the smallest one. It's, it's kind of actually more designed, I think for tailgating, but for our situation it worked out great, but it was like 300 bucks or something like that. It wasn't bad. No, I don't know if that's still what it is. You know, this was a year or two ago, but yeah, highly recommend green mountain girls, you know, Traeger's, I think what everyone hears about, but green mountains legit too. I will look into it. Yeah. Traeger's are like 600 bucks. Yeah. There it is. Uh, Davy Crockett, two ninety nine. Oh, sweet. Okay, I was right. Is that Target? <laughs> no way. <laughs> okay. Well, I might have to ask for that for Christmas because <laughs> I'm cooking on a damn panini press. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had this Swedish grill, little bone pro propane grill out on our deck and uh, loved it, used it, and um, a lot of use. My wife made me get rid of it when we got a panini press and I've been, I've been grilling successfully on a panini press. That is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, have you played around with any of those new stoves that are like, um, Patagonia came out with one. There's a few more where it's, you kind of build like a little twiggy fire and it'll yes. boil. You've used those? Uh, yeah, they, they, they sent over, I think that stove. Um, let me pull it up real quick. We have it on, on engamer.com. I'm really Welsh. fascinated by those. Oh, it's super cool. And then Solo Stove sent over several okay. stoves. Okay. Biomass. And it's a double burning system. And I, I really, because of our fires, I wasn't able to go test them. Mm. I'm like, I can test them because we literally things on fire. So uh, next time we go winter camping, I'll bring it. It's I have a fire pit one. It's huge. Okay. And we, last time I, I used it, we cooked ribeyes and cast iron skillets, and they were so good. So good. Wait, you have the, is, you have, is the big one you have a Solo? Oh, yeah. Okay. How's the smoke output? Does it put out smoke much or is it pretty clean? It's really clean. Really, really clean. It's super efficient. Okay. So like backyard, it'd be great. You're not going to smoke out your neighbors or anything like that? It would be ideal. Okay. Yeah. The untethered kit. Yeah, here it is. Uh, yeah, Patagonia. yeah. I love that concept, man. Like I saw it and, you know, there's such, there's like this total, um, I just, there was something about that, like going back to the basics, you know, cause when you're going out in nature, it, kind of the point of it is to have less and be simpler, you know? And I, you know, I, I also, you know, especially like long distance backpacking or bow hunting, you know, having that techie gear is super, super helpful. And I wouldn't want to go back from that now, but for just kind of like, you know, taking some time off, I really like that untethered concept. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, I'll send over the link for Untethered for the solo stove, and then we also work with BioLite. And the BioLite one's really cool because it's right in the middle. It burns biomass and creates energy 
harnesses energy and they can charge your GPS or your oh, cell phone. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Smart people out there. Right, man. <laughs> but like you said, it's super cool, especially with your background as a firefighter, to, uh, to appreciate a fire in its simplicity. And especially when you're using these kinds of stoves that keep it very efficient, it might use more fuel, but you know, should have an abundant supply of that. Oh, absolutely. How, how, how is it? Like how is using, have you used the Patagonia one, the untethered stove? Personally, I have not. Will Rickers and his son, Kai did. Okay. Okay. They're, they're, they're hardcore. They're more hardcore than I am, Dan. They're right. like sharp campers. I'm sure. like, I'm at the very least. So yeah, they were, they were testing out some stuff for six moon designs and hyper light gear out of Montana, I believe. Okay. And yeah, they're ultra light. I'm like kind of lightweight, more like overpacking lightweight and they're ultra light, ultra light. Cool. Yeah. That's what, when I did the John Muir trail, I used, I had an Osprey pack, which I really liked. It was the Talon 44 liter, perfect size for that. Really? It's a light pack too. I mean, I'm sure you could probably get lighter with um, like a hyperlight, but it was super light, but the comfort on this thing, I have actually a really bad, we have, um, I also have an Osprey kid carrier pack and it like, my hip flexors were ruined for a few months from just the way the hip belt and I couldn't, no matter what I did, no matter how I adjusted, I could never get it right. It just destroyed. So now I have to wear it without the hip belt. So my traps are getting, getting jacked (laughs) for sure. No, that's, that's fun. Yeah. We're working with Osprey for, they have a new backcountry pack and Gregory has a new one as well. Um, yeah, I cannot wait to get back to split boarding, man, and testing gear and oh, camping. Yeah. Freaking fire. I've had a fire in over a year. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I really, I'm, I've, I'm really interested in those, um, like the bio lights, the solos just for the backyard. You know, I miss that. There's something about the campfire. That's a very, it's like you're meant to do that. You're meant to sit around the campfire and primal, and it's ingrained. Yeah, My man. wife almost won't go camping unless we can have a fire. Right. And so this year, um, I got a bunch of LED lights and just string them around as a light source to oh, hang around. Oh, cool. Okay. Doing the best we can right. to stay with the resources and opportunities, but yeah, a fire is really nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I can send over a discount code for BioLite and for a solo stove for you. Word. Much appreciated. And they're they're awesome people. They're they're companies like you and me, and they they just like networking and getting shout outs from you. Oh yeah. Cool. I think gosh, did they do a Kickstarter? I think they probably did. I think they did. Um and they they're both running some crazy sales right now. Okay. And they and they work really well. Um the the solo stuff I have, I have the camper one that you can cook on, then I have a small one that I keep in the truck at all times. Okay. And I'd recommend for backpacking and then i have the fire pit i think it's a yukon that okay. would be great for your okay and you can still cook on it you know or just you know and it's cool because it your kids are gonna love the way it looks it burns but then it creates like this weird jet force and it like flames go inwards yeah it's cool. okay okay yeah, it's like double burns so it's really clean it's like hardly anything to clean up afterwards right that's good we our neighborhood it's the homes are pretty close to each other and uh you know, so I think if you were really putting out a lot of smoke, you might, you know, <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. But when, when I was firefighting, we used to, we had these, I think they were from Vietnam or they're definitely military surplus, but they, my boss walks in, Hey, this is a spooge cup. And, uh, it was like, uh, <laughs> we all looked at each other. What the hell did you just say? But, uh, 
that's what he called it. But it was like a stainless steel mug, essentially, that you would just set in the fire. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, it wasn't super efficient. It was actually kind of heavy as well because it was steel, I'm pretty sure. But there was something about it that it was just really fun to camp that way and backpack that way. Or be out on a fire, you know, and, you know, especially as things calm down, you're standing, you know, you can set it in the, in the black or whatever. So that's super cool. Yeah. I am actually this weekend, I'm going through the truck and going to turn it from summer camping gear to winter camping, split boarding gear. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to put the solo big one in there and then inside, cause it's it's so big, you can put stuff in there. So I'm going to put like wood in there and, and, uh, Yeti, we're working with Yeti this week. Okay. So, um, I was watching Cody Townsend's the 50 and there's a really cool episode in there where it's like, what is in his truck? He lives out of his truck. And so does the camera crew. They live out of their vehicles. And it had this super overkill Yeti water coolers, like three or $400. So, um, I sent him a message. Hey, I'd love to check this out. And say so I sent it over. So I'm testing right now to see if it'll, if it'll keep water from freezing. Cause that's what happens in, oftentimes when we're camping below freezing is like, mm. you go get your water and it's just a chunk of ice. Totally. So we'll see. Okay. Been a week. It finally is below freezing now. I don't know what it is for you, but it's in the 20s for us right now. Oh, man. I was getting tan this week. I was walking every day shirtless. Yeah. Flip-flop weather until today. Yeah, it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, that changed quickly. But Colorado, man, got to love it. Got to love it. I'd adapt to it. It's fun stuff. So will you head up to Jones mainly then, you think, this yeah. winter? Okay. Yeah, for sure. And, um I, I used to go to Jones because one, I love it. And two, there's no cell phone service. So I'd bring my inReach or whatever I had for uh, satellite communications just for backup. But I went up there about a month ago and Dan, I had full on LTE service. So I, I just tethered my computer to the phone and I just worked until I fell asleep. <laughs> it was, at Jones? Like, at Jones, full on, better than I have in my home. Oh man, you know what? We actually, I was up there in July and I do remember getting service now actually. Mm-hmm. Can you think about the possibility? You could do a live stream. We could do a live stream uh, monkey workout up there. Gosh, man. Yeah, I actually, like, I was I was reaching out to some people trying to find a place I could set up, like, a teepee or a yurt for, like, an office, like, in the mountains here. Yeah. But this sounds way better. It's Jones Pass. Right. <laughs> well, I was looking to go there, but there's enough room for everybody. Just um, go a couple of feet away from us. <laughs> sure, sure. Have, have you seen... Um, Seek, there's a company, Seek Outside. They're out in the West Slope. They're in Grand Junction. Oh, not yet. They're, um, they make teepee tents. They make backpacks. They make hunting packs. They make all this different stuff. Really cool. But um, I'm sure you've seen them. They make these tents. Some, some of them are Dyneema. Some of them are like a nylon, kind of like your standard tent material. But they have a stove jack. And this oh, little, yeah. Have you seen those with the little collapsible titanium wood yeah, stove? I- some hunter friends who are all about those stove jacks and stoves. They're so, I don't have, I've never used one, but I'm so enticed. That would be to me. It's like head up Jones, throw up that pound out an hour or two, do a few laps, come back. You know, you could, you could totally, oh. uh, work session up there. Let's reach out to them. Let's get this going. <laughs> I'm into it, Dan. What, oh. uh, what carried you have AT&T uh, Verizon. Okay. I have AT&T. I wonder how that works up there. Do you have an iPhone? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can post my friends who've been up there. What uh, carriers they have? We can ask the hive mind eleven thousand people in the backcountry ski group. Right, right, right. Or I can just go find out. 
<laughs> do, do some uh, on the on the ground testing. What was it? The, did the parking lot have service or? Oh yeah. Full okay. On. Okay. We toured up to Sean's uh, run. Okay. And, uh, on service. Yeah, full on. Okay. It's encouraging because I know you and I, we run our businesses. It's nice to be able to stay connected and, and or check in on loved ones, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That was one thing when I was out hunting this last year, you know, I was in, I'm off trail like 95% of the time. And, you know, especially here with all the blowdown, it's like you could really get jacked up and no one's ever going to find you out there. No. Uh-uh. So I, I, I need to just get an in reach. I mean, it's, Seems silly not to. You know what? I, I've had the spot. I had the baby stick and uh, bigger garment and the inreach. Inreach is, in my my personal opinion, the best. Okay. It's, it's phone. You can you can type, which is so much better than you know trying to f- toggle through old school. It's small. Battery life is great, and it it works. at Jones works everywhere. I've taken it. No problem. The spot. I'd hate to say it's. I don't like to give bad uh, reviews, but the spot. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't. Fair do enough. It someplace else in the country but here in colorado in the trees it, no <laughs> mm, right right do you find have you have you been backcountry like outside of kind of the front range any other areas yeah washington quite a bit in washington okay um, uh, mount baker mount shookson okay there okay yeah what about elsewhere and, in state in colorado not as much as i'd like to I, i'm typically you know like a, a quarter day or third day or half day okay so range um, Vale area. Okay. The, the goal range just changed names this year. For, I forget how to say the, the new proper name for that range, but yeah, they, that's about as far as I get. The, ch- the name changed? Oh, yeah. What uh-huh. it, What has changed? <laughs> Let me find out real quick because I don't want to misspeak. It, to a native. Oh, cool. Okay. Nuchu. Nuchu oh, okay. Range. That's a beautiful range, man. Especially when you drive from like Silverthorne North towards Steamboat. That man, that is such a cool view. That that's like a very underappreciated area of Colorado. I just ruined it, but <laughs> there is a saying: uh, the the range we don't speak of, uh, but we do because it's yeah. beautiful. Oh, there's some great man. Even just out of Vale, some of those trails are really. I really enjoy that area a lot. Oh, for sure. There's a really cool uh, one called the Commando Run. Have you done this? Mm-mm. So uh, 10th Mountain Division training area. Oh, okay. Uh, Shrine Pass, which is like Vail Pass and the Shrine Pass. And again, another great camping area with cell service most of the time. But you start off at, at Vail Pass and you tour up. It, it, it was the toughest tour I've ever done. I don't know if I'd do it again. <laughs> it was like type two and a half fun. Okay. And uh, it ends up either in Minturn or into the backside of Vale. Okay. And I, the panoramic, the first year I had that board, and I was with like really good AT skiers, and they were just smoking me. And I'm just, <laughs> you know, the first year of splitboarding is just demoralizing. You know, you're right. like, this sucks. This isn't, everything's heavy. And um, good learning opportunity. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Have you stated the 10th Mountain Huts ever? Yes. Um, oh, those are beautiful. We did. Fowler Hillard hut, something like that. Okay. Really cool. Okay. Have you done it before? You know, man, the one hut trip we did, it was New Year's Day we hiked in. This was down the San Juans. And it was like 50 degrees, sunny. There's no snow. It was a late snow year. There's, you know, a little bit. But we, we started on snow. We maybe got a mile or so. And then you're on a Forest Service road. 
was like a four mile tour up to this hut and uh it was just dry i mean literally dry so we just stuck our stuff in a tree you know there's no one out there and we hiked up to the hut because we you know we'd made it we we're going to the hut no matter what. So we ended up, it ended up being like a, you know, January hiking trip at, you know, 13,000 feet. It was beautiful, beautiful weather. There's a sauna. It was awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a really cool, it was a really fun, fun, um, trip. I think we did two nights there, but yeah, it was like, you know, it's world-class snow when it, when there is snow, but it just, it was, this was 2017, I believe. New Year's 2016 going on 2017 and there's just no snow. So bummer. Yeah. You on a hut trip, you want to go skiing or snowboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's in a sauna though. We didn't have a sauna. I don't know about you, but like we, we broke into teams. I think we had 12 of us. And so person's harvesting snow, person's melting snow, person's cooking food, person's cleaning dishes. Like is it is a system, you know? Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah huts huts are fun oh yeah this one they even had like i mean this was this was fancy like there's cut keepers they had running water um they had a compost toilet i mean it was it's legit um yeah but i like that i i want that tenth even like i think going i've never really snow camped like truly like you know we went we're in the snow but whatever it's it was car camping Essentially, I've never really like snow camped where I've had to, you know, been carrying everything and melting snow and all that for an extended period, at least. Uh, you know what? There are some split board specific winter camping avalanche education courses out there. Oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you go up there, you tour up. And uh, I know a lot of my friends, they, they, they'll take a polk. Is that the right word? Like a, a, a sled behind them? Yeah, yeah. Carry more gear because it's you know you're winter camping you want <laughs> some warmth right uh, yeah that'd be fun i haven't done that in a long time i've never used a polk though so i, so I can't speak to sure. that but, sure yeah. you're right a lot of the winter camping we do it might look cool on instagram but literally it is just truck camping <laughs> and then we go like over there it's a little bit camp <laughs> right. but it's it's for the convenience and the fun of it yeah and that, more than like to brag like oh i went in six miles and lived off the land and no, I'm not that guy. Right. Well, it's like, I, that's what was so, when we first met and you were telling me how you like go up, it's like, you're just getting out, you know, like you're taking what you can get, which I'm like, why don't I do that more often? I, there's times where I'm just standing here in the office. Like you talked about how you had your day in phases. There'll be times where I just hit this wall and I'm, I'm, I'm just, my productivity totally shuts down. I'm just end up feeling bad about myself. And, uh, it's like, why don't I just go, you know, even just to the Boulder open space here, you know, it's 15 minutes away and it's yeah. such a refreshing time and just getting off the screen and, and all that. It's funny. I, my dad actually called me out on this recently. My whole life growing up, I said, I didn't want to work in an office, didn't want to work in an office. And I didn't, I was a wildland firefighter, wilderness ranger, was a strength coach, never worked in an office, started my own company. Now I work in an office, <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell? What? Yeah. Oh, gotta well, get that TP ten office. Yeah, your, your your office is still a gym, and it's a it's a photo shoot area, and it's it's and it's really cool office. Um, at least you're not like in a corporate like nasty. I, I did that like like you. Well, I, I moved, like, man. I'm in. That's kind of what I'm at now. Where are you? Well, yeah, I'm in this little like, you know, there's it's a box. I mean, it's like a I don't know ten by ten box. It's just a shared space. Um, sure. 
I we I just couldn't afford that 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 warehouse anymore. But um, yeah, it's like it's fine to like you know if you need to pound keys for an hour or two and just focus. But to spend extended periods of time, it's. Well, I feel you, man. I, I served my time in the corporate world. I don't know if I told you this, but I worked in a law firm. Right. For, for like 15 years. So I, I know what it's like to work in an office and stare at two, a dual, I have dual screens right now, but stare at two screens and your boss is there and the water cooler talk and the Broncos and this and that. I'm like, <laughs> you know, right. so I totally understand. And yeah, I was like, my dad did accounting and IT. And I was like, I'll never do accounting or IT. And I wound up doing both. <laughs> I get here <laughs> right but, right do what you gotta do well, you know what i do miss though is the team like you know going from like being a college athlete and then going to firefighting that was such an awesome transition because you were still in that team environment you know and then even wilderness i actually i think i actually got a little depressed because i was alone a lot which was yeah. awesome you know it was this kind of double-edged sword where it's hiking all day you're out you're in these beautiful just amazing areas but you're alone so that I, I think I, I was it made me realize I wasn't I, I I enjoy company more than I maybe thought I thought I needed to that's but, profound yeah. I feel you like uh during this whole COVID thing I'm really introverted I'm like oh great I can do this sure and then I'm like wow I really do miss people in the bigger way than I thought you right. know and then I find myself uh any excuse to go to the store, sure. <laughs> interact, right? I'll talk to the clerk for 20 minutes. But sure. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your favorite color? <laughs> I'll help you. I, I did this job before too. I'll help right. you. Right. But, uh, connection. I think, I think that's one of the takeaways for this year. Like not taking things for granted, um, you know, being more present, more grateful, more empathetic, more compassionate and appreciating community more than ever. And you've got a great community with the monkeys, you know, and, um, I'm, I'm fortunate I get to lean on my engagement team. I think we have like 35 riders. So, you know, stay in communication with them. Right. And I kind of live vicariously through them. A lot of them are like ski, like a lot of them are guides, professional guides for skiing, for rafting. And I like get to live through their, they're younger than us too, live through their, you know, experiences and their write-ups and their pictures. And I'm like, it's cool. Right. Communities. Yeah. 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 No, we monkeys, you guys are awesome. Much love. I still think though, there's just, you can never totally substitute for that just in-person group, you mm. know, real-time experience. There's just, you know, it's like supplements versus eating a good diet. Like you can get pretty far, but you can't quite get all the way. So mm. I really, I just, I, my wife and I were just talking about this last night. I'm really just, I want to go back. <laughs> Dude, man, me too. I, uh, I'm fortunate that I get to see people in person, safely distanced and outside. Um, sure. so now more than ever, I appreciate the heck out of it. It's right. like, it's deeply bonding right. for sure. How many, yeah. uh, are you doing group classes or more one-on-one or what's the situation? Uh, I've always enjoyed small groups mm. or one-on-one. So, mm-hmm. uh, I train a lot of couples actually. Oh, or cool. Family. Okay. So it's, it's really good, you know, interaction for them. And um, our group classes at the gym are never more than eight people. So okay. never more than 10 gym total. And we have everything's taped off and we have in their, their little box, like all the things they'll need for that, that workout, kettlebells or the barbell or whatever fitness tools. And then um, a, a quarter of our gym is a garage doors. So we open those oh, guys okay. up, 
around. We got this nuclear heater that like it turned off for five seconds. It just heats the whole damn gym up for an hour. It's crazy. And uh it it's I'd love for you to see it. It's great. And we we structure it in the way that we never have like I said, more than ten people ever at one time. So usually I'll I'll uh, book all my people in a row and then I'll have pretty much the whole facility to myself for three or four hours. Oh cool, we'll, okay. I don't know, whatever their music is. Some people are into jam bands and fish or some are into, you know, classic rock and we'll just blast the speakers and wing stuff around and have a good old time. Sure. It's a lot of fun. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love to have I, I was talk, talking to the guys about you. Maybe have like a monkey education course there or something. Come on down and like how to use the products and stuff. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, I, I think I overestimate what, again, this is my wife and I were talking about this, but most people's physical education stops in high school, maybe even middle school. And probably the education you were getting just it, unless you had a really good teacher, which I know they're out there. You just, you probably weren't getting that. What's the right word. You probably just weren't getting a great physical education. Let's just put it that way. So we're expecting people that, first of all, didn't get a great physical education as far as just just basic first principles of movement, exercise, all these things, and a lot of which have, have changed as we've learned more. And we're expecting them to do workouts, especially, you know, with pocket monkey monkey bars, there's some pretty, you know, intense, challenging exercises. And there's there is a lot of nuanced positioning technique, all that stuff. So I really think there, there's certainly a, there's certainly a need to fill with just teaching people just general basic physical education and how to apply that to the, the products we happen to make. So mm-hmm. something I've, I've thought about more on a higher level, but I've never, we actually did do one course out in California, which it was all right, but I think we could, really kind of be a lot more scientific about it and really create something that that's useful and kind of it's like instead of giving someone a fish teach them how to fish type of thing so love that one yeah it's well to your point you know anybody i work with we i go through an intake process of like their movement patterns like you probably did and then explain to them the why or what their why is and how we're going to integrate it and then for our coaches we do a coaching course like how to apply the teaching principles. So everybody's relatively consistent on the messaging and application. And then um, you would love this. Anybody who does a 10 to group class goes to what's called a pipeline. And it's either four, eight or 12 sessions of like, this is the barbell. This is how we use it. Oh, cool. So that's when they approach the barbell, like, Oh, we already have the hinge, the squat, the press, the pull. We don't want to worry about nitpicky details for this person because we trust their patterns. And so we get to engage in more meaningful conversations like, you know, what's your bucket list or whatever between uh, uh, workout sessions. Right, right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, proper education. Because I think a lot of people, especially people maybe moved new to an area and they join a gym, they join a group class or if they, if they can. And um, they're just kind of thrown into the mix. I'm like, ah, I'll see what this person over here is doing. I'll try and emulate that. But I don't know why I'm doing it. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I think proper education, like you said, don't just give them the fish or the, the grass fed bison, teach them to hunt that bison and <laughs> teach them to that fish. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Good stuff. I, I love our conversations, man. We cover some territory and I've got two pages of notes and two, two whole uh, Chrome browsers full of resources for us to apply to them. Oh yeah. Show. Yeah, I know. I didn't get, man, I, I came really prepared and I just, the journey went, the journey went where it did, but um, yeah, there's room. There's just more for next time. Yeah. Yeah. Round three for sure. Let's do it up again. That's so good. What are you doing for the holidays? We're round man. Just trying to stay as wild as possible. <laughs> yeah. We'll be round. Um, I think we're going with like a prime rib for New Year's Eve. Heck yeah. Traditional good prime rib. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, yeah. In-laws over in Lakewood and up in Brighton. So okay. I'm sure we'll, we'll see them. Uh, and then the day after Christmas is my birthday, so I always celebrate that in the backcountry. Okay. Nice, man. Hell yeah. yeah. So that's what we're doing. Right on. Well, I think uh, there's some good, uh, there's a, a good, great line to wrap up on there, I think. What's that? I can't remember what it was, but it was a really good one. <laughs> Prime Rib for New Year's, get outside, backcountry for your birthday. That's where it's at. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Dan, and thanks for being on my show. I know it's like a, this is like Inception. It's a podcast within a podcast. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, monkey on, everyone. Great chatting, Sean. My pleasure, Dan. Good stuff. Good stuff.